You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. What's up, my friends? What are we talking about today? A hotel for homeless people opens in downtown Seattle. Well, here's a look inside. There's an article from the Seattle Times. Why is this significant? We've been talking forever about the fact we've just got this homeless epidemic spilling out on the streets in Seattle. Well, city leadership is kind of kind of basically taking all the people from the streets, putting them up in hotels in downtown. What's this going to do for the surrounding businesses? What's this going to do for the immediate locations that you've got a few hundred homeless people located in? I don't know. It's a crazy, crazy time because during, during the whole Corona thing, you just couldn't have a whole bunch of people in the dormitory style shelter. So this is what's going on. All right, before we get into it, if you're new here, thanks for joining. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies and I read the news that you want to hear. All right, let's get into it. And one of the reasons I was hitting on this article is because this morning I was watching um, Venice or uh, German in Venice. And he was walking through, I think it was last night. I don't know if you've watched that uh, YouTuber, but he just, he's a guy from Germany that moved to Venice because he wanted to, you know, be around the cool environment there. And then he started filming, he's lived there, I think 30 years, and he started filming what's going on with the homelessness situation in Venice, California. And that is off the rails there. So finally, yesterday, Echo Park, big park in LA, um, in, in that area, got shut down last night. So they basically had a chop style sweep by the police go through, secure the perimeter of the park, start clearing out the tents, just that whole thing. There's a several hundred police at this park basically making it happen. So trying to trying to do stuff with the uh, the homelessness situation, very tricky. And um, so Seattle, they're doing something they've been talking about for a while, which is adding more hotel rooms. And that's what we're talking about today. It's more than a year after the pandemic cut downtown tourism to ribbons and forced many of Seattle's homeless shelters to empty, empty out or relocate. You just couldn't have people side by side in the homeless shelters. But on Wednesday, the city will begin leaning into a strategy that brings those two problems together, putting homeless people up in hotels. Now, do we necessarily want to put them up in hotels right in the downtown core? Is that the right thing to do either? I don't know. Where do you put them? Where do they go? I looked at the map just to kind of see where the hotel is that we're talking about. It's the Executive Hotel Pacific. It's been there forever. I think like over 100 years. It was built in the 20s. The thing I noticed is that it's a block away from the Women's University Club, which was a club my grandma, who passed away this past summer, belonged to, and she was really proud of her membership there. And um, yeah, having a couple hundred homeless people staying literally, I don't know, a couple hundred feet away, mm, difficult. But then where do you put them? Where do you have such dense housing that you can make it go. Do you convert a historic hotel into homeless shelter? Well, it seems to be what we're doing. Um, almost four, 140 people will be moving into the historic Executive Hotel Pacific downtown starting Wednesday. They're joining more than 800 people staying in hotels around the county, many of whom moved in last year. Next week, the King's Inn will open to a smaller group of homeless people. Need to check out where the King's Inn is. So this is an area, it's in an area of 
pretty affordable hotels. Looked at the Google Maps. When in doubt, just go to Google Maps, look at that, and you'll actually see, you know, how much it is a night per hotel in a lot of these hotels. And it's not expensive, well under 200 bucks a night, right? Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin toured the hotel, which was built nearly 100 years ago in the Roaring Twenties. She did that Tuesday, a couple of days ago, checking out hotel rooms that have in the last three weeks been turned into case manager offices, food prep areas, and suites for people off the street. So they're going to have full-on homeless accommodations, all the uh, the services and um, people that need to be there to manage the services and manage the homeless people. We know how hard this has been for the people experiencing homelessness and the people in every community to see the increase in the numbers of people experiencing homelessness, Durkin said. And we have to have solutions that bring people inside and make sure that community parks and sidewalks are restored for public use as we reopen and recover our economy. That's something I've been talking about a lot is you're going to have a real conflict when people start going back to work. There's so many news stories going on right now. And maybe you're retired. Maybe you're like, I don't really care about people working. I get that. But it has to do with the economy. When people start going back to their office spaces, that starts to revitalize the downtown core areas. And that is the swing that is happening right now. All the big companies who had those, we're going to let our workers work from home forever because this is the greatest thing. This is the greatest concept ever. That's done 180 flip. And you're going to have more and more corporations, especially the smaller ones who are now looking around at the bigger ones going, okay, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time we can send our guys and gals back into the office and nobody will just scream at us. Let's do a big thing about our COVID protocol and talk about all the training we're going to do before we go back into the office, make everybody feel really warm and fuzzy and safe. And then let's get people back to the office because we need that synergy. We need the we need the eye to eye contact. I want to see into your soul and talk to you, my coworker. Right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. This hotel turned shelter cost eight point three million dollars for food, twenty four seven security, and live in staff from the Low Income Housing Institute. Residents at this and the other hotel will get access to an additional $7 million through a rent voucher program to offer a way into more permanent housing. So this is truly first step transitional housing, right? Seattle officials hope people who aren't able to, to rent can take one of the estimated 600 permanent supportive housing units opening later this year. Why now, more than a year into the pandemic, is Seattle opening hotel shelters for the first time? Good question, right? King County paid to move critically vulnerable homeless people out of crowded locations early in the pandemic. These new shelters, though, are more to address the pileup of tents in neighborhoods around the city. My concern is they're just playing, they're playing catch up and they're always going to be behind. And so many people don't want to be in shelters because they don't want to live by any regulations. We've already talked about, hey, you got managers in there. Managers are going to dictate rules. People on the streets, they're not going to want to abide by those rules. So you're still going to have massive amounts of homelessness on the streets. People who don't want to get into shelters. That's my opinion. Putting homeless people up in hotels is a response that leaders in the business community who have complained about homeless encampments affecting their ability to make money and homeless advocates 
can agree on. Get them off the streets, get them into this hotel. On Tuesday, Colleen Echohawk, who runs the Native American-focused homeless services nonprofit Chief Seattle Club, and is vying to replace Durkin, she's running for mayor also, vying to replace Durkin this fall as mayor, called for the city to focus on one growing hotspot for camping, Miller Playfield in North Capitol Hill, because nearby Meany Middle School is welcoming students back in April. If you've been following this podcast, I've talked about uh, Miller Playfield just a little bit. So what happened is when CHOP got shut down, um, they did a sweep of the park. They closed the park, I think, last July, and then they reopened it back up. Um, when was that? I think it was in Christmas, right around, oh, I'm sorry, the winter holiday season. Don't want to offend anybody out there. Um they closed the park, they closed the park, they chopped park down, Cal Anderson Park down, took like six months to clean it up. But in the meantime, people were still using it, except for Antifa, they got kicked out because they were having a soccer game and cops don't like them and they just threw them out. I was okay with that. Um, but what happened is all the homeless went from Cal Anderson Park, which is a big park. I mean, geographically, it's pretty big. And they moved to the Miller Playfield in North Capitol Hill. So now the Miller Playfield is in play. And I guarantee you they'll have a sweep there because um, you got to have students coming back in April. And so um, you've got this conflict of continually, well, where do we move the homeless people? Can't have them here. Let's get them out of here. And then, you know, they, they just go from one area to the next because they're going to live somewhere and they got to live close enough to services to be able to get, get them. So it's this constant back and forth, right? You clean up one street, boom, moves to another. You clean up one park, boom, moves to another park. So now Miller Playfield, North Capitol Hill, it's just, a, I think it's, is it eight blocks away from Cal Anderson Park? It's a little bit to the east, I believe, going off memory here, which isn't great. However, that's all I got, right? This is a humanitarian crisis, and it's not working for anyone, Echo Hawk said in a release that urged the city to put up homeless people in hotels. It's not working for the people in the tents. It's not working for the neighbors living nearby. It's not working for the people that want to use the play field. And it's not working for the meany community with school starting back up. That's a tricky one. You got a school right there. That's a real conflict. I've got another article. I can't remember. I think I saw it late last night. And when I read articles late at night, I try and always text them to myself and then, um, you know, read them in the morning. I don't know where that one happened, but it was about a um, basically a homeless encampment that's on one of the play fields in Seattle and um, just some some crazy stuff going on there. Um, kids being exposed to what was it, an unconscious naked man being wheeled out on a gurney. And the kids are like, mommy, what's going on? And mommy's like, I don't know. It's not good though. Whatever it is. Don't look little Johnny. Difficult stuff to have going on. So you've got this conflict between, you know, housing and people unhoused and people wanting to use parks, people wanting to play baseball with their kids or watch a baseball I remember my kids, when my kids played, um, my oldest is now, he'll be, I think, 28 this year. So a long time, years ago, years ago, 10 years ago, he would have been a senior in high school. And we played some baseball. He went to Bellevue High School, and he played uh, baseball for Bellevue High School. And we had some games over in Seattle. And that was one of the issues. When you're here on the east side in the burbs, you don't have to deal with that. You go over to Seattle, 
you know, ball fields are in kind of park areas, a lot of homeless people. And you'd have to kind of kick the homeless people out of the dugouts who might be there. And it's just this awkward, all right, we want to play baseball. We want to sit in the stands. We're not really sure what your deal is, but, um, you know, you're asleep in the park passed out at two o'clock in the afternoon when we want to play a game. Not really sure what to have, have happen here. So that's kind of always a conflict when, um, you know, you've got a play field or you've got a park that are being overrun. And I think a lot of people are like, hey, it's time to take back our parks. Um, when asked about Miller Playfield, Durkin hinted that the city may have to take a tougher hand in responding. That means they're going to do another sweep. Yep. I'll cover that. I will. I'll volunteer. I'm, I'm getting used to the sweeps. It was what the, the German in Venice uh, YouTuber I don't think he's ever seen a park sweep. He's like, I didn't really know how they're going to do this, but they just, and they, they close off the perimeter and then they just start walking through. They literally do a sweep. You know, there's a line of, uh, for chop the first time, uh, which was what July 5th, I think it was something July 1st, July 5th. They had a line of cops, I don't know, a hundred cops wide, shoulder to shoulder, just going through. And that's how they do it. It's very methodical. It takes a while. And a guy can get a lot of footage if he wants to, which I did. Guilty. Um, we've actually been working in Miller. This is Durkin again. We're, we've actually been working in Miller for a very long period of time. Outreach workers and the like, Durkin said. In the last four years, it's clear that there will be many times we work in an encampment and people don't want to accept services. That's the thing, right? So what does city leadership do? I mean, they're, they're kind of doing the best they can, but we don't really have a long-term solution for this. It's like, People don't want to go into shelters. And, and another thing that I find crazy is when when I was young, I'm going to go with the old man. When I was young, I walked to school uphill in the snow both ways, right? You know that drill. People were in mental institutions. And now I don't think anybody is in a mental institution because they're all walking around downtown Seattle doing crazy, literally not just exaggerated. Ah, oh, he's acting crazy. They are literally crazy and, and they can't help it. And they're, you know, it's one thing to maybe be depressed. It's one thing to have some emotional issues and be working on that. Have some, we've all got emotional problems, right? I mean, everybody's stunted at some level, but um, the real severe cases are an endangerment to themselves and to others. And those are the ones that you unfortunately hear about in the news, somebody, you know, doing something literally nuts and the police take them out. I mean, it's just sad. And so instead of people being, you know, taken care of in institutions, they're out on the streets running around doing stuff they shouldn't do. And most of the time they've got some kind of addiction thing going on. And um, it's just a, a really sad, sad thing to happen. And I don't, I don't have any great solutions. Um, but one of my thoughts here is, what's going to happen to these areas where you've got these hotels that are, you know, pr pretty big, these are big structures. And now you pack a couple hundred homeless people into a dense city area. That's just going to be a blight for that block, right? So do you move them somewhere else? And it's out of the way? I mean, are you kind of sweeping humanity under the rug? I don't know. But just at every little venture and every little turn on this journey of homelessness in Seattle, it's like, oh, that's not going to work. 
don't put them here. Don't put them there. Where do you put them? Well, right now in a big hotel. At the same time, if they won't accept the services, you still sometimes have to move that encampment for public safety and health issues. And that may be the case with Miller. That's just what happens. So with CHOP, what happened is you rack up enough 911 calls and people are like, geez, it's getting dicey in Cal Anderson Park. It's getting tricky. Nobody wants to go there. Neighbors, you know, around the area, they're like freaking out. Same thing with Denny Park. I talk about that a lot in Seattle. And you've got citizens, uh, you've got the Friends of Denny Park, and uh, I forget that guy's name. And you've got Andrea Suarez. She goes around and picks up needles on her own. Uh, I was going to have her on the podcast, but I got super busy with this ridiculous real estate market and realized that I couldn't really go out and spend time out in the field like I wanted to and still be able to get the same content out to you guys. And so I chatted with her a bunch and I've been following her and she does a great job of basically taking her own time to clean up parks on her own. And that's that's a great thing to have happen. My issue is that the city should be doing a lot more, but they kind of can't. And so we're relying upon citizens to be basically pitching in their own blood, sweat, and tears on their own parks that are supposed to be maintained by the city. But thanks for, for to the people out there who are going out on their own time and cleaning up parks, cleaning up hypodermic needles, all that good stuff. There's been a number of groups that have kind of come together and done that. And I think that's amazing. That's, that's good stuff. But the bottom line is, shouldn't have to do that. But we do. So it's like, all right, you know, your relationship shouldn't have this factor in it. But it does. So you got to deal with it, right? I mean, that's just kind of how life goes. So Mayor Durkin is saying that may be the case in, in uh, with Miller Park. You get enough 911 calls, it becomes enough of a safety hazard. And then, you know, we drop the hammer. And the police, uh, just like the sweep we did in um, Denny Park here not long ago, you know, the police put up notices, hey, this is a three day vacate notice. And then they come in and they, you know, let everybody know that I mean, it's not like they just um, some people think it's just super harsh moving the, the people in, in tents and encampments in our parks, in our public parks. But it's one of those fine lines where you can't have people living in the parks. Because then the parks aren't really parks, they're a homeless encampment. You can't have both. They, they, they can't live side by side. That's my thing. You know, folks have to be taken care of somewhere and living in a tent in a public park. That is a no go in my book, any which way you look at it. Other people might say, ah, but they're fine. Well, the 911 call center doesn't say they're fine. Because you got a lot of crazy stuff, literally crazy stuff going on. And eventually the police have to come in, do a sweep. And then they, you know, haul away tons and tons and tons of garbage. Denny Park has its own uh, dumpster in the middle. That's how much garbage they have. They've just got a dumpster sitting right in the middle. It's open. You can take whatever you want there. You're encouraged to. You got an old barbecue? Throw it in there. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not that bad, but it's because... When you have 50, 60 tents in a pretty small park area, there's going to be a lot of garbage. And if you don't have a place to put it, guess what? It just gets left on the ground and people like Andrea Suarez have to come through and clean it up. So those uh, services usually come in the form of a referral to a shelter. But over the last year, many homeless people have been reluctant to go to shelters for fear of contracting COVID-19. That's what they say. I don't think they really care. Uh, COVID-19 is not high on the priority list of the homeless. 
It's just not, it's not a factor. They're like, okay, whatever. They face so many adversities in their life, just trying to get by on the daily that COVID-19, I don't think they really care. That's to, to be honest, that's my opinion from what I've read from what I've been around. I mean, that is, it's not a major thing. If it is, I think it's probably an excuse for not wanting to be in uh, a, a system that has rules and structure. They just don't, don't want to deal with that. And you know what? It, I get it. They want to be able out there doing their own thing. But unfortunately, that's the rub because them doing their own thing without having a job to pay for it, if you know what I mean, mm, it's not a good look, not a good look for the area. The city has conducted two high-profile encampment removals in the last six months, but most are on hold during the pandemic because of federal public health guidelines. So the CDC basically said, no sweeping of encampments during the Rona um, because you might spread it more, even though there's been virtually no data proving that sweeping a homeless encampment, you know, spreads the Rona around. It's it, it just not happening. And I don't know why that is, because it seems like uh, homeless people living in encampments. I mean, those are tight communities. It's not like they're socially distancing. Why hasn't there been more cases there? I don't know. It seems weird, doesn't it? It's just one of those things where you're like, ah, that's interesting. Let's move on. Can't really figure that one out. Hmm. Don't really know. Yeah, this is some wild stuff, though. So we are now housing, you know, another, what, 140 people, 140 homeless people in a, um, I don't know, is it a dozen-story hotel it's one of those cool old boxy, lots of windows um, hotels that you see out of the 20s. So the historic executive Hotel Pacific, it's going to house, yeah, literally 140 people. And I just wonder, how how does the block that this building is on, how are they going to deal with it? I know there's the Morrison Hotel in downtown Seattle, and that's just kind of scary to walk by. That's another one that is directly run by housing. Um, I forget what it is. D something S can't remember. Um, but that was in the, the soul of Seattle. Uh, Seattle is dying. Uh, that was in both of those documentaries by Como, Eric Johnson. And so, you know, are you going to have situations that you've got going on pretty much on the daily at the Morrison hotel in, uh, just South of downtown? Are you going to have the exact same thing going on at executive hotel Pacific? Probably. Probably got a library right next door. That's not good. Got a police department. I got. I think you got the police station just a few blocks down. That's good. They can handle this. I don't know. There's no great solutions here, but um, so many people on the streets right now. It's just wild. It's just like this. It exploded during the Rona because you can't shut anything down, and uh, I think a lot of people have taken advantage of that. And uh, you know. If, if I was homeless, I probably would too. Hey, this is my time. This is go time. I'm going to live wherever I want. I'm going to do whatever I want. And if they kick me out, okay, had a good run, that kind of thing. Um, and would I want to move into a uh, hotel? I don't know. I'd have to see, you know, what the scenario looks like. And it kind of, I guess it depends on what my situation is. Am I truly trying to get help? If I am, I probably take the city up and I get in there and I get 
you know, whatever it is, trying to get back on my feet, however that looks, whatever programs I need to go through to get there. But it just doesn't feel like a lot of people are going from the streets back into society working, does it? Seems like it's going the other way. I don't know. No great solutions here. I'm a residential real estate guy, not a homeless expert. So maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. And I don't a lot of the times, but I'm reading the news. It's what we're doing. All right, that's it for this one. Uh, Thanks so much for joining. Love to have you subscribe, hit the like button, share this content. YouTube and other sources are not happy with some of the things that I happen to bring to light because it isn't the narrative that major media wants to have put out there. We want everything to be hunky-dory, and maybe it's not. And those are a lot of the stories that I read, things that impact real estate one way or another. So greatest thing you can do, share the content, let others know that helps the algorithm helps me out, helps me keep this going, this thing going. All right. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for joining. I will catch you guys on the next one. Till then, stay safe. We'll see you soon. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.